The following is episode two of The Octagon of Reason. I talked about the nature of this show, from its name to its mission, and why I think the pursuit of truth should be at the forefront of the human experience. So if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel, give it a thumbs up, and tell us what you thought of the episode in the comments down below. Also, make sure you turn on the notifications bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Because it's primarily a podcast, you can also find it on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. You just search Octagon of Reason, so make sure you follow us, follow us on those platforms as well. I post a lot of Octagon of Reason content on Instagram and on Twitter, so follow me on my Instagram, which is at Galton Giovanni, and my Twitter is at KGM2040, that is 2040. So without further ado, my name is Galton Giovanni Masinga, and this is the Octagon of Reason. So the Octagon of Reason, right? What is it about? I, I remember the first time I uttered the words Octagon of Reason, I was having a conversation with a professor of mine, Professor Eric Sampson, who I think is, is, will soon be a guest on the show. So we were having a conversation. I don't exactly remember the topic of the conversation, but I know that at some point in the conversation, we were talking about the necessity of speaking up and challenging ideas or thoughts that you don't necessarily agree with, while also allowing yours to, to be challenged without resorting to to insults or the over-reliance of emotions. And um, I think I told him that, uh, you know, as, as, as individuals, we have to step into the octagon of reason in the pursuit of truth. Uh, and what I meant by it is stepping into this metaphysical battlefield, right? Where you're engaged in this uh, hard fought conversation, hard fought debate with somebody on a very sensitive topic, right? And, you know, that's essentially the octagon of reason. So you so you have two individuals, two or more individuals who are talking about this very sensitive uh, issue, right? This very uh, sensitive topic, and they just go all out. That's, that's essentially a battle within the octagon of reason. Obviously, the name octagon uh, derives from the, the MMA uh, octagon-shaped cages, right? That's that's the idea that I had in mind. UFC, you know, that's that's the cage. So you step into the octagon, but unlike MMA fights, instead of using fists and kicks to win a battle, you use reason, right? And the whole point of it is to find the truth of the matter, because I believe that when it comes to ethics, uh, which is essentially what we 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 are going to be talking about here in the octagon of reason, the truth must exist. It does exist. I I am one hundred percent. Uh, you know, convinced that there is such a thing as the truth when it comes to ethics. And that's the whole goal. That is the, the whole mission of the octagon of reason, which is the pursuit of truth, right? But uh, but before we delve into what it means to, like, what, what, what do I mean by the pursuit of truth? What do I mean by the truth being objective? I first want to lay out some some ground rules here, right? Uh, you know, when it comes to UFC, boxing, or any combat sports, there are always rules. You can't just go there and just hit your opponent with whatever you want or however you want, right? You need to abide to uh, to certain rules to make sure the fight is fair, right? So that's the same thing here in the octagon of reason. So the first rule, I like to call it the rules of reason, right? So the first rule is no insults, right? You attack the idea and never the person. That's the first rule. I think that oftentimes we 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 get too attached to to ideas that we think that 
when somebody attacks an idea, that person is essentially attacking the person who's uttering that idea. But that's not the case, right? Uh, an idea needs to be detached from the person who's 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 postulating that idea, right? You can definitely attack that idea without attacking the person. That's that's you know that's a logical fallacy. They had hominem ad hominem uh, fallacy, you know, personal attack. So my goal here is to make sure that whenever we talk about, whenever we talk, we make sure to detach the person who's saying the idea, postulating the thought or whatever from the idea itself. Uh, because one thing about the octagon reason, which, you know, one thing I have in mind about this is that nothing is off limits. Like absolutely nothing is off limits. There's nothing you can't talk about and any and anything can be talked about essentially because if we're talking about ethics and we're talking about you know things that are very dear to us things that we've grown up to right ideas that we've that we've, that we've grown up with then it is essential that we say what we think right and if we start uh uh if we start the delineating what people can say right then we stop people from from thinking. Essentially, one of my favorite quotes by uh, by Jordan Pearson is, I think it goes something like, "In order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive, right? In the sense that you're not you're not ought to to be offensive. But if you're going to think about something, there's a risk there that you're going to offend somebody, right? You're not ought to offend anybody, but there's a risk there." But you need to, you know, you need to be uh, willing to, to sort of take that risk if you're willing to think, right? So nothing's off limits in the octagon of reason. Anything can be talked about, and anything should be talked about. That's 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 my view. That's what I think. That's my philosophy, right? So so that's the first rule. You never attack the person. You instead attack the idea. The second rule is. Um, I think this, this is kind of hard to explain, but the way I um I try to to phrase it is we must define the problem first, right? Let me explain what what do I mean by this. I think definitions are important. Oftentimes, when I've seen this, when people are having a conversation and they are disagreeing with one another, I've noticed that sometimes it's not they're not disagreeing because they have different opinions on the matter at hand. Uh, sometimes they're disagreeing because they have different definitions of the topic, right? Uh, Jordan Peterson says that, again, Jordan Peterson, we're going to be quoting Jordan Peterson a lot, a lot on this podcast. So he says that when you define something, as much as you're saying what it is, you're also saying what it is not. In, this, in essence, when you define something, you you sort of create a mental image of what that thing is. And with that image in mind, you're not only able to recognize that said thing, but you're also able to look at something else. And if those images do not match, then you know that it's not that whatever you looked at uh, afterwards, it is not, you know, the same as the first thing that you defined. It sounds a little bit complicated, but let me try to, you know, give an example to make sure you understand this better. Say we're talking about capitalism, right? This is actually a true story. I was uh I was once having a conversation with a friend of mine. The conversation went on till like 4 a.m. or something. We started at 9 p.m. It was it was a long conversation. And 
uh, we're talking about capitalism, and he said that capitalism, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, it was essentially a zero-sum game, right? Where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And I told him that that is not capitalism. That is not the definition of capitalism. That is your opinion on capitalism, right? Capitalism is an economic system that uh, that um, advocates for private property and you know, pricing is 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 done by you know supply and demand, right? That you know that's that's a rough definition of it, right? But essentially, those are the components that that define what capitalism is. To say that capitalism is a system where the rich get richer, richer and the poor get poorer, and use that as a definition of capitalism, that's not a definition. That's an opinion of it, right? And I was telling I was telling him that that's your opinion on capitalism. That is not necessarily what capitalism is, and the the, the importance of of a definition is that it is neutral, right? When you're having a conversation with somebody about whatever, doesn't matter what you guys are talking about, you first need to establish a definition. You first need to have a neutral definition because once you have the definition, the whatever opinions you guys bring forth, right? Will, will be based on that definition that both of you agreed on, right? And that's why we need to have a definition. That's why that's one of the rules we we have here in the Octagon of Reason. Because if you're talking to somebody and you guys have different definitions on, you know, on the topic of discussion, what's going to happen is the longer the conversation goes, the 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 bigger the the sort of divergence will be because each of you each each of your you, each of you guys's arguments are based on the definitions that both of you brought forth so you're having a different conversation at that point it's not because you're talking about two different things so that's why it is always important to establish a definition before you start talking about anything right especially when it comes to ethics especially when it comes to things that are by nature very sensitive we need to understand what are we talking about here in essence those are the rules of reason Nothing's off limits. The three rules, actually. Nothing's off limits. No insults. Always attack the idea and never the person. And the third one is we must always define the problem. So rules of reason. Now, this is going to be this is going to be very helpful because now we're going to be you know delving into the topic of of today's episode, which is essentially truth, right? The pursuit of truth, and the big conversation around truth is whether truth is objective or or is subjective i i uh i, I posted something a couple of months ago maybe maybe it was three months ago you know uh, still in the summer i posted something on my uh, i posted a, a question on my instagram story i asked my followers if they thought if they thought if they thought the truth was uh objective or subjective and you know and i went back and forth with a few friends of mine on this one and my argument was that the truth was and is and should be objective, right? And I was I was saying this because again I was coming from uh, from a sort of um, ethics slash morality standpoint. I was saying that I think the truth should be objective because the truth sort of uh, defines uh, defines defines our world, right? Is what uh, sort of defines and, and builds our sense of reality. If the truth is not objective, meaning it is subjective, then each of us ends up defining our own reality. 
And if we define our own reality, that means that we all live in different realities, which seems nice. Like, you know, like I get to define my own reality, I get to choose, you know, what I think it's true and what I think it is not true. But in, in in reality, that is not a that is not a good thing. As a matter of fact, it's, it's actually a dangerous thing because we live, you know, as, as human beings, we're social creatures. So we need to live as a society. But if we all have different realities, then it is almost impossible. It's practically impossible that we that we live together because there's no there's no sort of reference of what is right or what is wrong because we all built our own individual realities and 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 that's just not okay we must have some sort of uh binding uh reference for for what is true right and um i was talking to and i was talking to a friend i was saying that and and she was saying that uh well actually uh most of the people i i talked to about this kind of had the same approach to it right they were coming they thought that the truth was you know subjective right because they were saying that oh uh, we can we can all have our individual truths because what is right for me maybe it, it may not be right for you and what is wrong for me it may not be wrong for you right and and i was saying that that you know even if you do believe that right i said even if you do believe that uh when you encounter somebody that uh that that has a different approach to what you believe to be right say say you think um, liberty and freedom is right and nobody should enslave another, right? That's a great thing. I think that is right too, right? But if you come across somebody who thinks that slavery, they, you know, enslaving another human being, it is in fact a good thing, right? If you believe that the truth is subjective, then you shouldn't be mad at that person. You should in fact be like, oh, okay, great. That is your truth, right? But I know for a fact that that is not going to be your reaction to that. You will say to that person, no, you're wrong, right? But if you think that the truth is indeed subjective, then you have no grounds whatsoever to tell a person who believes that slavery is okay, that they're wrong, right? Because by doing that, what you're essentially doing is imposing your idea of what you think is right onto that other person. Uh, I was in class, uh, actually was Professor Wills' class. If you haven't watched the first episode, I was having a conversation with, with Professor Wills. So this was uh, the, around this time last year. And uh, he, uh, he shared the story when, uh, you know, before the USA uh, went into a, a civil war where Abraham Lincoln said that if slavery is not, he said, if, if, if slavery is not wrong, then nothing is. Right, I, I'm paraphrasing. Maybe he said, "If if slavery is not unjust, then nothing is." But essentially, was saying, "If slavery is not a, a a bad thing, then nothing is." It was alluding to an idea of, uh, you know, objectivism that that there was an obje there's some objectivity, there's some sort of you know objective morality that uh, where that determines that slavery it is some it, it's something that is objectively wrong, right? Doesn't matter how many people may think that it is right, slavery it is ob is objectively wrong, and I I used that example in one of the conversations uh, with uh, with my friend, right? One of my friends when we were talking about this, and and uh, my friend said that you know yes, slavery is wrong, but the, but society had to it, it is is wrong because we agreed 
that it is wrong, right? So it's it's like this. It, it, it is as if slavery only became wrong when we agreed that slavery is wrong, right? But you know, but that's not really the case. It, our 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 agreement uh, on slavery being a bad thing is not what made slavery a bad thing, right? The fact that you later on discover a discovery of something is not in itself sort of the creation of that thing. I don't even know if I'm making sense here. So, so just bear with me for a second here because I'm trying my best to, uh, to, to sort of you know lay out my my argument here. But my point is that uh, one thing can be either right or wrong, regardless of when you went on to realize that that thing is right or wrong right? Slavery has always been wrong, whether um, people agreed on it or disagreed on it, right? Whether people fought over it or, you know, did not fight over it. Slavery is wrong, right? Uh, because there's some, there's, 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 there's a, there's a moral judgment uh, that, that upon it that says that slavery is indeed wrong. And, and that is why, you know, I when you when you talk about the truth, right? Especially from a, from a moral standpoint, you need to understand that it can't it can't be subjective, right? You can definitely have your own preferences on things in life, right? There there are things that are by nature subjective. I think that entertainment is subjective. I think uh, you know sports in the sense of like what team you decide to support that's subjective, right? But Cuisine is also subjective, right? You know, different foods uh, from different cultures. That's amazing. That is subjective, right? And that is great. Culture in itself is also subjective, right? It's also relative. So it's, a, it's a, you know, it, it's all about your preferences. It's all about where you grew up and all that. But when it comes to morality, there can't be, we can't have a subjectivity there. We can't allow... Uh, we can't allow uh, uh, the subjectivity to to permeate into how we approach morality, because if we do that, then we have no grounds whatsoever to judge things that we know to be wrong, right? If morality is subjective, that means that we have no grounds whatsoever to judge Nazis, right? Because that's just their truth of the matter. They think that the Aryan race is supreme. The fact that you don't think that it is, then you're and you're trying and you tell them that hey, you guys are wrong. Then what you're essentially doing is imposing your view on the world, you know, upon them, and that's wrong within your own within your your own worldview. If you think that morality is subjective, so there must be a moral reference, sort of a, 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 an objective moral reference. There must be sort of. Some something that binds us all as human beings, and I know that there is such a thing because in all these situations, I want to believe at least that you would agree that there's such such a thing as wrong and such a thing as right when it comes to slavery, when it comes to uh, I don't know terrorism and and you know bunch of of different things that we uh we battle with, we wrestle with every day. So. That was my. That was essentially my argument that there must be some sort of reference when it comes to morality, and that said reference is, of course, objective. Now, you may ask me, okay, Kelton, okay, let's say I agree with you, right? What is that reference, right? What is that reference? So, uh, 
which is a perfectly fair question, right? If if there if you say that there is a, a moral reference, an objective moral reference, then what is indeed that reference? Before I answer that question, because I already have an answer for it, but before I, I answer that question, I just want to give you one more, um, just another argument to prove that there must be some sort of objective moral reference. Say, you know, uh, if you say that, uh, if you try to compare, say, the Nazis with, um, I don't know, the Nazis with who? I don't know, modern day Switzerland, the, the, the Swiss government, right? And you look at them and you're like, you know what? I think the Swiss government is is a better government. Is a, is, is a, is a, let's say it's a fairer or it has, it has a, yeah, it's a fairer, a better government than the Nazi government, right? Because they treat their citizens better, you know, as a whole than the Nazis did. What you're essentially doing there, you're not merely just not merely comparing the Swiss government with the German, with the with the Nazi German government. You are comparing them both against an ideal. And what you're saying is that the Swiss government conforms to that ideal more than the, the than the Nazi Germany, the, the Nazi German government. So you're saying that there's an ideal upon which we judge good and evil, right? And you say that. The, the Swiss government is closer to that idea than the Nazi government is. So by by nature, we so we already that's what we do when we compare stuff. That's why when you say that oh, um, I don't know, LeBron James is a better basketball player than uh oh uh, come on come on than Troy Bolton from High School Musical, right? You have an idea of of what it means to be a good basketball player. And when you compare LeBron James with Troy Bolton, I think, is it Bolton? It is Bolton. Yeah, Troy Bolton. You are essentially saying that LeBron James is closer to that set ideal of, you know, best, the, the quintessential good basketball player than Troy Bolton is. So we do that all the time. So there must be, so there must also be uh, an objective moral um uh, reference, right? From which we can, we, from which we judge right and wrong. I think this is my argument that that reference must be God, right? Here's why: for us to be able, for first of all, you know for a fact that uh, you understand what morality is, and you also say, and you also sorry, and you also know that you didn't create that morality. You may have learned from learned uh, learned it from somebody else, but you didn't create it, right? Uh, you can say that, uh, oh, I learned it from my mother. Yes, you learn how to be kind from your mother, but your mother didn't teach. Your mother didn't create kindness, right? That's just something. There's just some. There's, there's just this natural law that binds all of us, right? And and that natural law sort of helps us understand what is right and what is wrong, not only helps us understand what's right and wrong, but also compels us to act in a certain way, which is, you know, the, the right way, right? We not only know that good is better than evil, we are compelled to act in goodness. 
right? So for us to be compelled, for, for all of us to be compelled to act in a certain way without having to agree on what that certain way is, although we have rebelled against that certain, that certain way uh, all the time, we do that every day, right? Now, while we still know that goodness is something that we ought to do, that means that there, there must be something, right? Or in this case, that I said, God, someone that is above us that... Um, sort of determined what that what you know what that said thing is what good what good is by nature. So I think that that thing is God, and I think God is you know the moral lawgiver. We're gonna be talking about this more like you know more extensively in later episodes. But what I mean by this is that when you say that there is a moral law, right, you also have to to postulate a moral lawgiver, right. And I believe God to be that moral law giver, right? Because and 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 uh, and and the reason why I I say this is when you look at the Bible, when you look at you know at Genesis one twenty six, and when when God says that uh, when He created man and woman uh, in His image, right? So that means that the way He is wired, right? That's also the way we're gonna we we are wired. He's all good. Therefore, we know we need to act uh, in goodness, right? And that's that's essentially the part of the conversation I was having, Professor Wills, last week, right? However, we were also given something called free will, right? So with free will, as much as we know what we ought to do, because that's how we were built by God, right? We also have the we also have the choice not to to act to act against that you know that sort of uh uh sort of uh you know manual that we were that we were given right we 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 have the choice to act against uh god's god's will essentially that's what free will is right but we still have we sort of, we sort of still have a memory of how we ought to act right we ought to we are, we ought to be morally good right and that sort of natural law that law must come from god that's that's essentially the argument that i was um uh, i was i was making when i was talking about with my friends so let's backtrack a little bit here because this is something that i think deserves a it's its own episode uh, for us to to from for me to be able to expound more on it. So I just wanted to touch on it a little bit more because I think that I, I, I think that you know it's a fair question. So where do we get this sort of sense of uh, objective morality, right? So that's what I think. So obviously I need to expound more on it, but that's what I think. So let's backtrack a little bit more, right? Going back to to the actual topic of today's episode, which is you know truth, whether it's objective or subjective, right? Uh, so so that's essentially what it is. You need we have a sense of reality, we have a sense of the world, right? That can't we can't sort of have different realities because once we have different realities, we're essentially uh, we start we start living within our own little you know realities within our own little bubbles. And once that happens, then there's no, we lose ground to even communicate with one another because we have completely different realities. When uh, somebody commits murder, we say we want justice. We have a clear idea of what justice is, right? There's no, uh, 
we can't have different definitions definitions of justice, right? Again, going back to definition, that's why definitions are definitely uh, very important, right? We can't have different definitions on justice because once we do that, then we have no grounds whatsoever to, you know, to live with one another, or to judge one another. Think of it as, you know, if you if you go into the court of law, right? If you have your own truth, then it is almost impossible to to find who set up who committed the crime, right? Because the you know the 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 suspect, the person who's being accused of being of committing a crime. Let's say say you know. Uh, the person goes in and says, no, it is, I don't, I didn't commit a crime. You know, that's my, sort of my truth. My truth is that I didn't commit that crime. But the person who's accusing the other be like, no, 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 you did commit the crime, right? That's that person's truth, right? If they own have their own truth on the matter, then how do we go about, you know, sort of solving the whole situation? But the reason why you're going into the court of law in the first place is to find out the truth because the truth must exist the truth when it comes to you know it, when it comes to you know uh, when it comes to morality when it comes to ethics when it comes to how societies are built ex like must must be objective it must be you know certain and it must be established so that's essentially what i have prepared for you guys today i hope it made sense i hope we are obviously going to get a chance to talk about this a little bit more but that's essentially what i have prepared for you guys today this was the Octagon of Reason, episode two. Make sure you subscribe. Give it a thumbs up. Tell me what you thought of it in the comments. I said a lot here. So tell me what you thought in the comments and we can continue the conversations there. Until next time, bye-bye.